Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Sipping Royalty Podcast. I'm your host, Reese. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Um, I am keeping my schedule. Um, yay for me, everybody. Give me a round of applause for being an adult for once and um, keeping my word and following my schedule that I said I was going to keep every two weeks. Um, so yeah, here I am. Let's all celebrate me for a second. Um, what have I been up to? Nothing. <laughs> I can't even celebrate myself because, uh, I, I haven't been doing anything. It's the end of summer. Um, full disclosure though. <clears throat> so, uh, what was it on Saturday? I think Saturday I posted on Twitter um, saying that I was going to record this week, but I was looking for topics um, because there was like really nothing going on with the Royals that I, you know, care about and like, um, you know, Harry and Meghan are still on, you know, everybody's on vacation. Harry, Meghan, Kate, all on vacation. Um, you know, there's some things going on in the, um, <clears throat> in the other Royal families, like, uh the spanish royal family i mean they're they're on vacation too but they um king juan carlos was just in the hospital so you know i could have spoken about that but there's not much to say he was in the hospital he's an, an old man who was in the hospital for i think he had heart surgery um and you know my good queen leticia looking beautiful as always went to visit him in the hospital with her daughters um and you know king philippe but yeah that's about all that's going on um so yeah i posted on twitter about that oh um by the way maybe i should do a an episode about queen leticia uh because just watching everything that has happened with her and you know what's currently happening with her in the media it is so similar to what's happening to megan obviously you know different cultures um different countries but the reaction to everything leticia does um you know in spain is so similar to what megan is experiencing <clears throat> in england right now so yeah um somebody i gotta write that down and i gotta be reminded because it's like everything she does is taken um they just sort of misinterpret everything Queen Leticia does. It's just, it's, it's purposeful. Um, and, you know, with their daughters, if the daughter, if something um, is going on with the daughters, it's automatically Queen Leticia's fault, which is, you know, not just Megan, but, you know, all the women, um, <laughs> uh, specifically in the British royal family. I'm not going to speak on everyone, but um, in a British royal family, anytime something happens with any of those kids they look straight to the woman and just skip over the fathers because the fathers are just not as important even though um and all these these cases the men are who are members of the royal family already who are like blood royals whatever i'm not going to keep complaining i'm going to stick to my topic because i was telling you what i did on saturday so um so i posted about you know i needed a topic and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then it hit me like, duh, you dummy. Um, what is the biggest thing happening with the Royals right now? No, not plain gate. Um, <laughs> I refuse to talk about that anymore. It's so, it's so done. It was done two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> no, it's Prince Andrew. Duh. Like, ugh, I'm just, I'm such a... I'm such a dumb blonde sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, no offense to your blonde, the blondes out there. I, I love you too. Um, but I'm such a dummy. I was just, I'm looking all over the place and I'm like tweeting about Prince Andrew. <clears throat> like I've been tweeting about him, like, well, not nonstop, but I've been like tweeting out articles about him and tweeting about the whole Jeffrey Epstein um, situation. And it just hit me like, whoa. <laughs> like come on do an episode about prince andrew because i feel like 
he's the big unknown especially to people like if you haven't been a royal watcher for a very long time or if you don't live in england um or like in the uk then prince andrew is he's kind of nobody um i mean uh the i think the most the most famous royal of that generation i mean outside of diana um you know she's dead uh, the the most famous you know living one is still Sarah Ferguson, and I don't know that anybody could name Prince Andrew as her husband or as her former husband. Like she's the Duchess of York, um, or she, yeah, she's you know the Duchess of York. People still use she still uses that title, um, but I don't think anybody could tell you you know like she was married to prince andrew i mean maybe if you were alive at that time or maybe if you just like real if you're a royal watcher and you're really tuned into the royal family but other than that andrew is just sort of there like he comes up in the news um like here i don't know what happens in other places but um excuse me he comes up here and it's like britain's prince andrew and you know <laughs> he gets called Britain's Prince Andrew. So that automatically gives him like a level of importance. Like he's a part of the Royal family, but I don't know that very many people could tell you, uh, who he actually is. Like, um, I know that, I mean, I can only speak for myself, obviously. And just everything else is like anecdotal about, you know, what's happening, uh, here in America. But, Prince Andrew for me he's I couldn't tell you before I started doing uh research for this episode before I started reading articles for this episode the only thing I could have told you was that he was married to um Sarah Ferguson and that he was like he was just kind of the fuck up um you know I couldn't tell you like anything solid about him um like I couldn't give you like any details about you know how awful Prince Andrew was um because honestly I didn't even know about this Jeffrey Epstein thing until maybe a couple years ago um when I just started like reading about uh I didn't know about his connection to Jeffrey Epstein I knew about Jeffrey Epstein Uh, I didn't know about Prince Andrew's connection to Jeffrey Epstein um, because I don't know why. I mean, the the articles I've read, they were from they were from the UK and they were from, um, you know, here in America, too. But somehow I just maybe I just wasn't interested in in the British royal family as much back then, like articles back from like 2015 um and 20 uh, uh i read an article from 2011 from here um in vanity fair about prince andrew so like the jeffrey epstein thing was known i don't know why i didn't like know about um like the prince andrew of it all so anyway so that's how that's where i am with the prince andrew um and my cat i'm sorry if you can hear my cat my cat is outside the door being like a whole ass um (laughs) just he's he's crying outside of the door but he can't come in because he's too loud he has that stupid bell on that i decided to buy for him um because i'm not very smart (laughs) and i bought i bought my cat a goddamn bell and now he's like ringing all over the place all times of night um anyway let's move on with this so let's where where should we start because i got a lot of good information um right off the top i want to thank marlena koenig or i don't know is it marlena koenig or koenig i'm not sure how to pronounce her last name but she's royal musing on twitter um and she is awesome she's a historian she knows all about the british royal family and maybe you know i didn't ask her about any other royals but i think she's like you know very well versed on the european royals um so anyway she helped me out a whole lot she gave me a whole like list of information about prince andrew and um set me in the right direction so i could go read a a ton of articles about him and 
um, his relationship with his mother and just, you know, she really, she came through for me. So she is awesome. You should follow, follow, um, Marlena on Twitter. She's at Royal Musing or Musings or Musing, whatever. She's Marlena Koenig. She's awesome. She's a Nats fan. She has two great cats and she and my cat, one of my, not the cat that has the bell, but the, uh, my other cat, um, she and my cat have the same name. So she is doubly awesome because she is one of the great Marlenas in this world. Um, so yeah, she's awesome. And, um, <clears throat> so I'm going to try to link a few of the articles that I, um, I read for this because obviously I'm not going to do a 10 hour episode. <laughs> this is not going to be a series on Prince Andrew because I can only take so much of him. Um, so I'll link you to the the longer articles that I read so that you can like, <clears throat> you know, read them all for yourself, get a better picture of who this guy is. Because right now, I think before this Jeffrey Epstein stuff came back up, he was just sort of he was just sort of there. Um, not very many people like him anymore. And there's from everything I read, there's not a whole lot of evidence that he was ever very liked by, (laughs) by anybody. Um, so yeah, he just, the overall of Prince Andrew's personality from the 40 or so articles that I read is that he, he is a spoiled man child at this point. He's always been spoiled. Um, he's a prince and he knows it and he's not very smart. So yeah. So he's just the stereotype of what you would think. Um, you know, someone in his, he's just the spoiled white man. He's the privileged spoiled white guy. Um, and yeah, you know, that's basically like if you want to end the episode right here, if you want to just stop <laughs> listening, um, that is Prince Andrew wrapped up in a bow. He's a spoiled rich white man. Um, and yeah, so if you quit right now, thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> and subscribe, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five star review. Uh, see you later. Um, for everybody that is sticking around, where should I start? Because I didn't want to go into like all of his childhood stuff. I mean, I've read some about um, him going to um, school at Gordonston. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced Gordonston or Gordonstoon. I don't know how you pronounce that school, but it's, you know, a fancy, fancy British school um, attended by, um, you know, the Royals and a lot of uh, British aristocrats. And so he goes to that school and he's, you know, he's Prince Andrew and he makes sure everybody knows that he is Prince Andrew and he continues to go through life doing that. But I didn't want to get into a whole lot of his childhood and all that, because it's like, who cares about what he did as a child? None of that stuff that we know of was illegal. Um, or is as bad as anything that he did when he, became an adult and started doing you know some really like goes from doing shady shit to straight up uh being accused of being straight up illegal so um I'm gonna stay away from his childhood and his his relationship with Sarah Ferguson I mean I could do a whole episode on that by itself because that that is a whole ass mess right that is um that is yeah it's just a mess. They're both very messy people. They seem to, I mean, they seem to bring out the worst in each other, the worst in each other. And the problem is that like, she comes up in a lot of the articles I read about him, but it's not all, it's not clear. It's hard to explain. It's not really clear like what their relationship is right now you know they they live together right now um you know people still people try to turn that whole thing into like this love story about how they could get back together and get remarried but 
No. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. They could get remarried. Like, they can do whatever they want. They can get remarried. But that is not, like, a cute love story that they have. They seem to have a very sort of toxic and codependent relationship. And see, the problem that I had is that Sarah Ferguson gets blamed for a lot of Andrew's problems. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, a lot... his his friends or the people that were interviewed for a lot of these articles, I will warn you that they were all, um, mostly anonymous. So it's people giving, you know, their accounts of everything that happened, but it's all, you know, through these anonymous people. So, you know, I guess you can take what you will from that, but it's hard not to believe because it's like every one of them saying the same thing in different articles, unless these are all like they they're interviewing the same person, all of these people, then it's like, you know, you have to, you know, you have to weigh how, how seriously you're going to take all of that. But what I will say is that these people had a tendency to blame Sarah ferguson for andrew's problems and so it's like well andrew only did what he did because he was trying to help out sarah um you know sarah is in debt so andrew has to go do something shady or you know maybe illegal um to get money to help her out and you know so they're just they're obviously whether you know how much you want to blame her for his problems it's clear that they are no good for each other and they did they don't have like a great relationship like who cares how much they love each other they may love each other a whole lot um and that's what people continuously said that they loved andrew loves her a whole lot he's loyal to a fault you know that's like the nicest thing that anybody could say about andrew is that he's so loyal to his friends um you know, I guess depending on how much you, you value, you know, loyalty like that, uh, because supposedly that's why he was so, he stuck with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, to the bitter end for as long as he could, because he was so loyal. Um, even though he was repeatedly told not to associate with him, whatever, we'll get into that in, um, in a few minutes. So, um, so like the good, of Andrew is like this sort of like mid like this early midpoint in his life where he's in the Navy. Um, he was the top of his class um, as a, a helicopter pilot in the Navy. And there's nothing bad that anybody says about him while he, he serves in the, the Falklands war. So um, I guess if you're looking for the good Andrew or the, yeah, the good Andrew, then that is where you go. That is the point where you look, where he serves in the Falklands War and he is, you know, a Navy pilot and um, that's the good of him. And then there's everything else. So, you know, he has a few nicknames. He's called Randy Andy and Air Miles Andy. And it's just basically a series of Prince Andrew having zero direction in his life and not really a whole lot of ambition. So he just sort of, he's a lazy guy. You know, he plays, um, he plays golf at some, at some point, you know, somebody said that he wanted to be a professional golfer, um, which, okay. You know, that's what all like rich guys want to do. Um, <laughs> like they think golf is easy or they like golf and so they tr they all think that they can um like former athletes all think that they can like quit their sports and go play golf like I don't care like you know think whatever you want about golf as a sport and all that I'm not getting into that I'm just saying that just seems to be like the rich guy thing um so it's kind of this this activity you can do where you're like drinking and it's like a social thing um so apparently that's what Andrew thought that he could do at a certain point was like play professional golf but I'm like even as a professional golfer you have to have some ambition you have to you know want to practice you have to have you know actually want to work and that doesn't seem to have ever been Andrew's goal at any point in his life um <laughs> except for when he was like a navy pilot so 
yeah, that was who he was. Now, um, there's just like this whole list that I have. Um, and I believe it was, was the guardian or the telegraph that broke it down. I closed the article. I'm sorry. But, um, that broke it down, like the timeline of Prince Andrew's fuck ups, um, who they named like year and then, you know, month and year of like everything he did that was just, uh, shitty. So where I'm going to start is in 2001, because that's where, that's where shit sort of heats up. Now he meets Jeffrey Epstein in 1999. Um, in 2000, he invited Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. I think that's how you pronounce her name to Sandringham. Um, now this is only significant because Andrew says that he met them. He met, (laughs) he met, um, Jeffrey Epstein in 2000, but there's pictures of them together and with president Trump and like in 1999, 1988 or 1999. So yeah, he, um, he, your boy's kind of loose with the truth, uh, at certain points, or maybe he just doesn't remember. Um, (laughs) he is, ugh. it's just, ugh. so he invites those two to Sandringham. Um, and that's where their like 20 something year relationship like really begins. But in 2001 is when Andrew became the ambassador to British trade international. And he took over that job from the Duke of Kent. Um, and the thing that is so funny is that I, I can't, I can't tell you how many articles I read about this when he, about, you know, when he first got this job, but the overall feeling from every single article I read was like, what the fuck is going on? Like nobody understood it. Nobody, everybody is like, we don't even know why he got this job. We don't know. Like, we don't get it. Um, one of the Duke of Kent's friends was, you know, interviewed anonymously and he, the, like, he was like kind, but the shade of his comment. So he says, um, of Andrew, he was ignorant of British industry and he's a slow learner. I'm like, Oh shit. Um, like nobody knows how he quite, how he got that job or, you know, why he, he got that job because up until that point, you know, he has the scandals with, um, you know, his marriage going on and he's sort of just like this, playboy um you know he's dating when you know he's just going around dating women you know being a leech only on his mother um his parents at that point because I guess they're the ones that are paying his way um so yeah you know that is that is where the real outside of his relationship stuff that is where the saga jumps off when he gets that job in 2000 one and then um you jump to 2004 and he makes an official trip to Saudi Arabia and Bahrain and he uses that trip to try to get someone to buy um his home Sunning Hill now Sunning Hill was um the home he and Sarah Ferguson built together off of the plot of land that um the queen gave them and they built this uh, the people called it um oh i forget the the name of the house they um i forget the nickname for the house but it's sunning hill and they just they they compare it to the house in dallas um dallas the tv show uh i'm sorry dallas is like a bit before my time and the only thing i know about dallas is uh who shot jr oh and you know so I, you know, I don't know that, but they kept uh, comparing that house to um, Sunning Hill, and that's, you know, I don't know. It's a, I guess it's a bad thing. Um, the house is like really, I guess it's just really big and ostentatious, and it's not, it's not um, like the other houses in the area. It's not like your, you know, your st- your typical English manner. I guess I don't, you know, I don't know, but 
this house was like really big. Um, Sarah Ferguson lived in it with Beatrice and Eugenie for a few years. And then she moved out. Um, Andrew moved into, um, into the home he lives in now. I believe he still lives there. It's the Royal Lodge. It's the queen. It was the queen mother's house. And she left him that house, um, in her will after she died. So he lived there. He was living in the Royal Lodge. Sarah Ferguson moved into the Royal Lodge with him and he tried to sell Sunning Hill um, in Saudi Arabia. Like, I don't even know why he chose that. Maybe he chose because he knows that, you know, there's a lot of these um, billionaires in the Middle East. So he chose that trip to try to get them, to, you know, um, to try, you know, to get them to move over to England. Um, I do know that that's like a big place for Middle Eastern um you know, like millionaires, billionaires, but, you know, the elite of the Middle East, like moved to London a lot. So maybe that was what he was trying to do. But the point of it all is that he used an official trip, used taxpayer money to um, try to sell his house, which is just, you know, it's wrong, but it's, it's so like, ugh, like tacky. Like you use an official trip as the British ambassador to trade to, um to try to sell your home like dude come on he couldn't sell that trip then but during that trip he met Goga Ashkenazi who is a socialite and also happened to be the mistress of a Kazakh billionaire um um and that guy is the person that wound up buying his his home now in 2007 he takes Goga Ashkenazi um to the royal box in royal ascot and introduces her to the queen and he basically just spends all his time there with her and that was in june 2007 in september 2007 is when timur kulabayev who is the kazakh billionaire bought sunning hill park for 15 million dollars which is $3 million above the asking price, which is not a big deal at any other time until you find out that that was there were no other offers on his home. So he introduces uh, this man's mistress to his mother. And then three months later, that woman, that guy, uh, her, you know, the, the mistress's guy buys his home and Andrew is like $15 million richer. Um, Fergie gets no money from that home because she got nothing from that divorce. And it's like, what? Like, there are tons of articles about this. You can go read about this. Just go search Prince Andrew um, selling his home and you'll find all the articles about him selling this house to this Kazakh millionaire or billionaire. And But the, the thing is that it, it looks... I mean, it's shady right off the top, but then it looks even shadier because Sunning Hill had fallen in, into dis disrepair. It was like boarded up. It looked like it was just, um, it just looked a mess. It was just like this messy house with broken windows and they're boarded up windows. And it was just a, a jump. It was just a ju junk property at that point. And he sells this property and the Kazakh, a millionaire just does nothing with it. He paid Andrew for the house. Um, and, you know, I guess it would look worse if Andrew just took money from, if he just took money from this guy. So he had to make it look like uh, he was doing something. So this guy now owns Sunning Hill Park and it's just an eyesore out there. I don't know what happened to that house now because, I, you know, I didn't really care, but that is just sort of, that's just sort of what Andrew does. Um, just all through this timeline that um, is going on, he's meeting this these Middle Eastern um, billionaires. He's taking trips with them. He's accepting money. Um, it, it's just all very like shady and wrong. And he's doing this in like his official capacity. So he's using taxpayer money to do all of this. Um, also in 2007, he takes, um, he meets with the son of Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, and then in 2008, 
he goes on a four-day holiday with a Libyan gun smuggler, and he also visits Muammar Gaddafi himself while he's on that trip. Um, he also allegedly accepted a, a $30,000 gold necklace from a gun smuggler, um, for from the gun smuggler for Princess Beatrice while he was on that trip as well. So, yeah, he is... Um, he knows, like, he knows this is all wrong. Um, Muammar Gaddafi is awful. He's accepting gifts from gun smugglers and taking trips with them. And it's like, and he's not even trying to be um, discreet about it. It's, he's just very arrogant about everything that he's doing. So he's doing all of this out in the open and he's getting a lot of criticism for it, but it's just sort of like, ah, fuck it. You know, I'm the queen's son. I'm, you know, his royal highness, Prince Andrew. And um, you can't tell me shit. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And um, so he this is a whole thing where he's by the time he um, but I'm sorry, my cat is just so fucking loud right now. Um, by the time he res- he steps down from his job um, for uh, as the ambassador to British trade, he had racked up something like $13 million um, just for his travel um, alone. It is so, it's like ridiculous. Um, And there are tons of articles about that too, like how he's racking up so much money. He, he almost, if it feels like he thought that he was being pushed out maybe by um, Prince Charles, like the, the rumors or, you know, it's just been out there for a while that Prince Charles wants to pare down um, the royal family. Like when he becomes king, he plans to like cut, basically cut the fat. So you won't get a whole lot. You won't have a whole lot of cousins um, and things of that nature who are also working royals. The problem is that Andrew is um, he couldn't do I you know, there's nothing you can do about uh, Prince Andrew right now. He's the son of the queen. And it seems like for a while now, he has been trying to get his daughters into the working royal fold. So he's he's um, he's sort of gotten the queen to like take them under her wing. And so they go on engagements um, with her. Um, you know, they go on official engagements with her. Uh, Beatrice, when she was, um, I think when she was around 19 years old, took an official trip with Prince Andrew and it, it was costing a ton of money because he wants equal treatment for his daughters, which on its face is like, okay, I can understand why he wants equal treatment, but equal treatment comes at the, the cost of the taxpayer. So um, he had like full 24 hour around the clock security for them. And everybody is complaining because they don't need that kind of security. Like not even <laughs> the thing is that Prince Andrew didn't even need that kind of security. Um, they were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to pay for the security for Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie. And um, everybody is like, they there's no threat to them you know they're very low level threats they're not working royals at this point so why are we paying to protect them they're not children anymore either so it's not like they're you know underage maybe um maybe eugenie was still underage but princess beatrice um at something like 19 or 20 years old was still having full-time um royal protection officers and um, at a certain point that got cut off too, because she was taking, like she was on vacations. Like this is all just a whole mess of Prince Andrew just wanting his, wanting to let everybody know he's a prince. Just the arrogance of, you know, I'm a prince. My children are the, the grandchildren of the queen and they deserve all of this just as much as I'm assuming he was thinking that Prince William and Prince Harry deserve what they, what they have. Um, and so that's what he's been doing. <laughs> he's been trying to get his doors. And that's probably why we got the big wedding, the private, but not private wedding, um, of princess Eugenie. 
um, you know, it's a private wedding. Um, it's a private family thing, but it's also televised. So, um, yeah, it's just this whole thing with, um, with him and yeah. Um, so in 2008, he criticized president George W. Bush for not taking the, the advice of Britain when it came to, you know, what was going on in Iraq and he did that right before he was supposed to tour the southern states um, here in the United States before he was supposed to come here in his official capacity. And everybody's like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, we already know he's not that smart. So he's he's doing this dumb shit. He criticizes the president of the United States where, first of all, he's not supposed to get involved politically. Um but secondly, just like in his position as the ambassador, as an ambassador for British trade, like it's just a stupid move. And it's like Andrew is doing these things. He's making all of these ridiculous moves, but nothing's changing. Like he's getting criticized. Um, people are telling him he's getting advice like, hey, stop this. Um, learn to keep your fucking mouth shut. And he just refuses to listen. He... um you know, not that smart. He's a slow learner. Oh, like the guy said in 2001. And somehow he keeps this job for, you know, 10, 10 or not, 10 odd years. He stays as the Brit, as the, um, the ambassador to British trade. Um, it's just, I don't know why he stayed in that job for so long. Um, he, he was terrible at it. And he didn't even seem to be particularly interested in anything outside of, you know, traveling to nice places and being able to have like he basically used it as a luxury vacation service. Um, you know, he would go to Egypt and he would just stay in these five star hotels and he was just it was just basically sending Andrew on a lot of very expensive vacations Um at the cost of taxpayers and it's like ugh, just so so messy so <clears throat> he um in 2010 is when things like really start falling apart for him as far as this this job and everything goes because in 2010 he hosted um a business lunch at, at buckingham palace for the son-in-law of the deposed tunisian president who was convicted of, I believe he was convicted of war crimes. He was a dictator who was convicted of war crimes um, in his country. He can never go back to Tunisia. Uh, so he and his wife were convicted um, of all the, of a ton of crimes. He was sentenced to life in prison. It was just, yeah, a mess. And then the son-in-law was also investigated for money laundering. That happened in October 2010. And in December 2010 is when your boy Andrew meets with Jeffrey Epstein in New York after Jeffrey Epstein was convicted of pedophilia. And so that was just, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, there's the pictures of, um, Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein in Central Park, you know, walking around, having a good time. Um, just this year, <clears throat> like not that long ago, the Daily Mail, I think it was, had that video of Prince Andrew peeking out of Jeffrey Epstein's house, um, out the door of Jeffrey Epstein's house while these young girls walk away with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, sort of waving them off. And so in March 2011 is when his duties... Um, as trade ambassador were downgraded but that trip in 2010 was also supposedly when Andrew asked Jeffrey Epstein to get Sarah Ferguson the $15,000 that she needed to get out of debt now that's kind of questionable to me whether it was just $15,000 because she had millions of dollars worth of debt supposedly and the 15k um i mean it was speculated in a few articles that he gave jeffrey epstein gave sarah ferguson more than fifteen thousand dollars now they've all sort they've all admitted to the fifteen thousand dollars and sarah ferguson said she said she shouldn't have taken it and all that um so that's what they admitted to but there's a lot of speculation out there that there was he gave her way more than fifteen 
thousand dollars because that was just that would be, that would barely put a dent in her and all the debt that she had at that time. Um, so he steps down as the trade ambassador. And at that time, there's just a ton of media interest in this. Like Andrew is going to visit a, a convicted pedophile. Um, <clears throat> he's using taxpayer taxpayers' money. There was um, there people wanted um, Scotland Yard to investigate his um, his royal protection officers because they are all with him at this point. Um, so. He steps down as in his job as the um, the ambassador of British trade, and then the queen, like, like this reached like a, a fever pitch. People are wondering why Andrew, why Andrew is there basically. Um, <laughs> no, not why is he using taxpayer money. Like why Andrew is still around because he's an embarrassment. He's not. He's an embarrassment to the royal family, and he's just he's basically a leech on the taxpayers. Um, and he keeps doing all of this like terrible shit and he's just getting away with it. And the queen in order to now the, the article I read in vanity fair basically said that she, what she did to protect Andrew was to basically stand in front of him and, and say she protected him with, her reputation you know with her position and what she did was she held a private ceremony and invested andrew with the insignia of a knight grand cross of the royal victorian order which is the highest honor that you can get for personal service to the queen so he is a gcvo and that was it that is where it all ended in 2011 um she gave him this honor and it was all done. This story just sort of faded away until 2015. Well, maybe it was like late 2014 when um, women try uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims. A few of his victims uh, sued him um, and court here. And Andrew's Prince Andrew's name came up in that court case and it's so similar to what happened this time, you know, here in 2019. Um, Prince Andrew's name's name comes up in this court case. Um, and I be believe it was um, Virgin Virginia Roberts at that time as well. Um, and the palace, Buckingham Palace, releases a statement on his behalf um, saying he, you know, he never raped anybody. He didn't do anything, blah, blah, blah. Then, not that long after, um, I'm guessing maybe days after, there was another statement released stating, you know, Prince Andrew's innocence. And so, yeah, two statements. Like, you would think Buckingham Palace would have learned something from the last time, but no, they is a repeat of it's exactly what happened the last time, you know, what happened uh, this year, uh, Buckingham Palace releases one statement um, saying Andrew is appalled and he you know, doesn't know anything. And then they try <laughs> the second statement they release um, is, you know, he he's just he's upset and um, he wasn't even that close to Jeffrey Epstein. But it's like, mm, really, dude, were you not that close to him? Because it. The description of their relationship, um, Prince Andrews and, and Jeffrey Epstein, is sort of like this really close relationship. Now, if you listen to Prince Andrew and the year of Uriana 2019, it's I barely knew Jeffrey Epstein. We met like once or twice. It wasn't even that big a deal. I barely knew the guy. If you read all of these articles from over the years, it's they were very close. Um, I told you that. Jeffrey Epstein and his 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 former girlfriend went to Sandringham. Um, Jeffrey Epstein is also supposedly the one that uh, made Prince Andrew wear um, sweatpants for the first time. Like they had a very close relationship. Um, 
And they didn't see each other for something like four years or something like that before 2010 or yeah, I believe before 2010. And now like Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and, you know, he had served jail time, his, all that. So that was, you know, part of it. But, um, Andrew was told, you know, by advisors, like, Hey, stay away from Jeffrey Epstein. And one of these people were interviewed, um, and I'm sorry, I forget which, which article it was from, but one of these people were interviewed and they were asked like, is Andrew going to, you know, stop being friends with Jeffrey Epstein? And he, the only thing that he would say was, you'll never see a picture of them together again. And it's like, (laughs) what? So Andrew, loyal Andrew was going to continue to be friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And the only thing that you could, that that person would say is you'll never see a picture of them together again. So yeah, that is your boy, Prince Andrew and the Vanity Fair article, um, really makes it clear the queen's part in all of this. Now, what it seems, it seems like, (sighs) Now, this is just me, my opinion of what was happening um, based on everything that I read. Um, It seems to me that Prince Andrew was selling access to his to his family and mostly to his mother. Um, So. (laughs) It feels like he was kind of pulling a Sarah Ferguson um, like. Uh, Sarah Ferguson, you know, everybody knows this, right? Sarah Ferguson got caught trying to sell um, access to Prince Andrew for something like $50,000, I think, Um, which, in my opinion, is when she should have been suspicious, right? Because who the hell is paying $50,000 to see Prince Andrew? Um, (laughs) I I forget how, what year that happened. It's like, really? Somebody's paying $50,000 for them? Um, she must have been like truly desperate for money if she didn't see like, mm, like really, come on, guy. Anyway, and so that's what it seemed like to me that like, that Prince Andrew was doing a better version of what Fergie tried to do, which is um he brings the the mistress of that Kazakh billionaire to meet his mother, and then suddenly his house is sold, um three months later because she convinces her boyfriend to. <laughs> to or i mean allegedly she convinces her boyfriend to buy that house and you know there's just he takes um he takes G, uh jeffrey epstein to sandringham and there's um reports that jeffrey epstein has been to bp and he met the queen before so like it feels like he was trading on his position to get money and um yeah because the um <laughs> Richard Kay uh, is quoted as saying that Andrew has a fascination with money, um, which is, I guess, a nice way of saying your boy's a gold digger. Like it's so it's so crazy because the women, any woman that dates um, a man in the royal family is like a gold digger. She's social climbing. But Prince Andrew seems to be um a gold digger he was going he was in he wanted to be engaged to this woman um amanda something i forget her name but um you know she she cut that shit off because she didn't want to live that royal life but the one thing that people kept saying was she had a lot of money and andrew uh was fascinated with her money um there's no like andrew um I don't, he doesn't really have money. Like he he lives sort of this nice life, but he doesn't seem to have a ton of money. Now he sold his home. um, He sold his home for $15 million, but that was in, um, what was it? 2007. He, um, it's not like he has a job or anything. So it seems like the queen is sort of funding his life um now we don't know these are like their private lives and that's her money if she wants to give her son money and she wants to you know take care of him for the rest of her life and that's her prerogative I don't really you know I don't care but um it just it says a lot because in that Vanity Fair article it's like 
she loves Andrew to no end, which is she'll do anything for him. Um, and in her eyes, he can do no wrong. Um, you know, he's her favorite and, you know, I used to question that. I mean, obviously she's never come out and said like, oh, you know, this is my, my favorite baby boy. But, uh, just from all the people that are around them, Andrew is her fave, um, like more than any of them. And I guess it's just, it's meaningful because it seems to be in such stark contrast to her relationship with Prince Charles, you know, her heir, <laughs> the person that's going to take the job after her. And yeah, he can't compete with Prince Andrew. Um, and yeah. And it's just, see, none of this stuff, none of this stuff that the queen does for him, does for Prince Andrew is like on the record type of shit. Like supposedly she, um, Prince Andrew got accountants to go over all of Sarah Ferguson's, um, debts. And she had like something, something like $5 million worth of debt. And people think that the queen is the one that paid off of, paid off all of her debt. Um, obviously Andrew didn't have the money to pay it off. So some people believe that the queen is who paid off, um, all of her debt, which is like, you know, the queen is the reason that Sarah Ferguson didn't get any money from the divorce. You know, it's like, you see, um, you see princess Diana, she got, I don't know how much money she got, but she got, you know, a nice little chunk of change when she got divorced from Prince Charles and Sarah Ferguson got zero. She got nothing, which is why she was over here, um, doing, uh, Weight Watchers and writing books. And supposedly she had a, uh, a reality show, which like, where was I when that was happening? Like, I remember when, when Sarah Ferguson was being interviewed on Oprah, but I do not remember um, a reality show. So um, that's going to be my next search. Like go on YouTube and try to find Sarah Ferguson's reality show. But it can't have been that good because it, you know, obviously didn't last very long. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. And it, the other thing about Prince Andrew, which is also very important, he seems to be like a serial sexual harasser um, and assaulter because there's a few stories about um women like he'll he he go to parties and um a women would wake up and andrew would be like standing in their room like paint playing practical jokes on them like he would be standing one woman says she woke up um after a party and prince andrew was standing in the room with a um a fire extinguisher like you know and it's just some joke shit um, or he'll be at a party and he just, he's, he likes to grab, uh, grab women's asses. So that's his, his thing. Like no, there's no rape accusations outside of the Jeffrey Epstein thing, but it's just like, he, he's a serial sort of assaulter and harasser. So, um, yeah, that's his reputation. And like, none of that stuff gains traction because people don't, I mean, like up until recently, people didn't even really like take sexual assault seriously. So sexual harassment and, you know, a woman complaining that Prince Andrew grabbed her ass is not going to get very much traction. It's going to be seen as um, someone looking for attention, um, <clears throat> which is sad because like having a guy at a party, no matter how famous he is or um, grab your ass when you don't want that is awful. But you know, that's just, that's just what it is. So now we are in 2019. Um, and Prince Andrew has just released, uh, his two statements. And I guess, thankfully this time it's not going away. Um, well, not, I guess like, yeah, obviously, thankfully this time, this story is, it seems to have traction this time. Now, Jeffrey Epstein is dead. The case against Jeffrey Epstein was thrown out, which is just, you know, 
had to be done. Like legally, the case against Jeffrey Epstein had to be thrown out. But the prosecutors in the case have said that they're going to continue to pursue this um, and they're going to allow these women to get, I don't know, whatever justice they can get at this point, you know, when the ringleader is dead. Um, so this is not going to go away for Prince Andrew. There's no more medals that the queen can give him. Like there's no more honors that she can give him. Um, I guess she can give him another title, but that is just going like, if she did something like that today, she would look so much worse than she does now. And she looks bad right now. Um, she took that, that, um, that ride, uh, from church with Prince Andrew and Sandringham. um, a few weeks ago, the day after Jeffrey Epstein died. And, you know, the picture of them smiling and, you know, laughing it away, you know, Andrew's in this controversy, but those two are, you know, happily in the backseat riding away from church. Um, that's that picture of them is going to stick. That picture has been used in, I don't know how many articles, um, recently just as, and it, it just, it brings it like, right back into your face like look at prince andrew with the queen smiling and look at all the shit that he has behind him like look at the just the dumpster fire he has left in his wake and look at her you know the queen that everybody loves that everybody said that megan should uh should have chosen her as one of the forces of change and it's like really um this is this woman this woman right here who is protecting seems to be protecting her pedophile son this is the force for change and the way that buckingham palace has handled this whole situation um since it has come back up is just such trash uh a few days ago or was it even i don't remember which day it was it was a few days ago like i said um the new tactic that Prince Andrew is using is they're trying to use the fat finger defense and they're trying to um, say the picture of Prince Andrew with his arm around that teenage blonde girl, Virginia Roberts is fake because look at his fingers, his fingers, Andrew's fingers are known to be fat. Those don't look like Andrew's fat fingers. And Robert Jobson took his ass on TV to, help Andrew make that defense. And there's a whole, there's an article in um, the England standard, the, uh, what the evening standard, not the England standard, the evening standard um, of, you know, quote unquote friends of Prince Andrew uh, who were all saying, you know, this is this, this picture might be fake. Um, Andrew can't even rem remember her. He doesn't even remember meeting Virginia Roberts. So that couldn't be him. You know, this has to be fake. And it's like, whoa, really? This is the defense now? This is what you're doing. You're going to try to discredit this picture. Now, this is so bad. Like his defense, um, this new defense is so bad that even the Daily Mail is calling bullshit. And you know, if the Daily Mail is calling bullshit, you know, you done fucked up. So yeah, that is where we're, we are with this. And it's just, don't anybody ever tell me that Robert Jobson is a... um a journalist because no he he sounded like he could have been the PR person for Prince Andrew um it was just it was so ridiculous you know he's gone on TV to um I believe he was on an, an Australian TV show um trying to give this defense and trying to discredit the women you know saying that their stories don't hold up and it's like wait a second Prince Andrew's story doesn't hold up um, he's talking about the year he met Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, he didn't meet Jeffrey Epstein in 2000, even though there are pictures of him with Jeffrey Epstein in 1999. Um, it's like, yeah, Andrew's stories don't hold up. And, uh, <clears throat> his, uh, this, this idea that he can just say he didn't know anything about what Jeffrey Epstein did. Um, you know, he never saw anything and it's like, but dude, you met him in 2010 after he had been convicted, um, of pedophilia. You went to his house and stayed in his home after he had been convicted. So you can't come out here with that excuse of, well, I just didn't know anything. I didn't see anything. No, that's not going to work this time. Um, or at least I hope it doesn't work this time. You know, 
he needs to resign from all of his patronages. He needs to not be at the forefront of the royal family anymore. Um, and since Prince Philip uh, has retired from public life, he has sort of been his the, his mother's escort to a lot of these major occasions. So, um, you know, at that big events that happen at church, Prince Andrew has been escorting her. He's been right by her side. The the balcony um, at Troop in the Collar, Prince Andrew is front and center with the queen. And it's like, no, he should not be there. Um, he needs to also retire from public life. I doubt that he's going to see any real, um, any like legal consequence. Like he's not going to jail for any of this. Um, maybe there can be like a civil case or something like that where he has to pay money for what he did, but you know, so there's not going to be legal consequences. There has to be other consequences though. He cannot continue to be, um, one of the faces of the Royal family. Now they, it just, it looks terrible. And the fact that nobody at Buckingham Palace seems to realize that is like, come on you guys be smarter than this it looks so terrible um the fact that they can't even pretend that they care about these young women um who were raped and trafficked is like you i just you can't i just can't even get over it like <clears throat> prince andrew's daughter princess eugenie is the patron of a um uh a charity that's supposed to stop modern day slavery. The fact that he is involved in this sex trafficking thing. And just, I can't, I can't even get my mind around it. So something needs to be done about him. My idea uh, is for him to resign from his patronages and just to disappear, like go the fuck away. We don't need you. Like, we don't need you anymore. We and who nobody ever needed him, but we don't we definitely don't need you now. So just go the fuck away. So, yeah, that is all I have to say about Prince Andrew. I hope I helped you uh discover how just disgusting and immoral and just terrible he is and um yeah. So subscribe to the podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. But um, so, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Sipping Royalty is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review because I like that and it really helps me out, helps the podcast get noticed. And um, I got a review the other day. Um, let me look it up because it was so nice. Um, and I like nice things. I like people to say nice things to me. Um, so yeah, I got a five star review, um, from Stop Tripping. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the review, Stop Tripping. Um, and it just says, I enjoy the po this podcast. I'm anticipating a lot of movement slash events in the fall. Therefore, don't limit yourself to recording every two weeks. Feel free to do pop-up podcasts. And so since Stop Tripping told me to stop tripping and get my shit together um, and not just relegate myself to every two weeks, um, that was the plan, you know, from the start to, to come more, to, to come back to more of a weekly schedule once um, the fall got moving since, you know, there's nothing going on over the summer. Um, so yeah, that was my plan. Now I don't know what I'm going to do for a tour, but thankfully since I had to re-record this episode, um, we got confirmation that the Sussex, um, tour of Southern Africa starts on September 23rd. There's a countdown on their, um, their Instagram page, which it's like so great. I put it in my um, Instagram stories. And so we have like a date. We have a solid date for when this is happening. The tour is supposed to last 11 days. Um, we still haven't gotten confirmation, excuse me, of their itinerary. But if you look at all of the people that they follow for this month, because you know how they do the monthly follow thing, they follow 15 accounts. 
they followed um, new accounts and it was all from, you know, charities and uh, organizations around Africa. So if you go check those out, you get um, an idea of what they might be doing. And we might get to see um, we might get to see baby Archie. Um, on his first engagement with um, with Megan. So it'd be really cool. Um, I can't wait until we get their itinerary because that way I'll get a better idea of like what I'm going to do. Now, I'm not sure if I want to um, like, should I do, should I do like a weekly episode? Like when the tour starts, should I do like pop-up episodes? Like I could do like daily episodes, um, like a 10 or 15 minute um, episode like every day about whatever they did that day or I could just wait until the end of the week and do like an overview of everything that they did um because if I do the the pop-up episodes um like the little short little like 10 15 minute ones um I probably won't have time to do like a whole like um longer like hour longer however long it's going to be episode um during the week but so I don't know tell me what you want tell me what you would prefer and I will you know I'll make it work um so yeah um stop tripping left me a five star review we're best friends now um (laughs) so you can follow me on the socials I'm at sipping royalty everywhere um well, not on uh, Facebook, but everywhere else. On Twitter, on Instagram, um, on Tumblr. Um, if you would like to send me some email feedback, you can send it to sippingroyalty at gmail.com. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's it, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will talk to you um, hopefully next week with... Um, Megan and Harry's itinerary for the tour. So until then, bye.